All right, so we are talking about part 10 today on the temple of God. And what we want to show you today is Christ, the new temple. Say it with me, Christ, the new temple. <clears throat> so when you hear people talking about the Lord is coming soon, that's a lie. Because first of all, you don't have a temple for him to come to. And then if you get a temple, man got to make it. Well, let me give you a little history on, on the temples. And I'm going to show you why uh, King David couldn't build the temple. See, everybody can't build no temple. Especially in the Old Covenant, they could not build a temple for God. Even King David, the king, could not build a temple for God. And the reason why he couldn't build a temple, first of all, it was because he was now a father. And now Solomon was the son. And only the son could build the temple. And that's why when Christ came, that's what Christ came to do. As the son. I'm going to let you in on a little secret. Look at somebody said it's a little secret. As David was a father, so was Jesus. Don't drop the cup. As David, King David, was Solomon's father, it took Jesus to give us Christ. You get me later. A lot later. All right. See, Christ is the Son of God. You could not have Christ if you didn't have Jesus. That's why Jesus kept telling them, I and my father are one and the same. It took Solomon to build a house because Solomon was a type of Christ. <clears throat> when you go back and look at the, the King David, the Bible says he couldn't build a house because he was a man of war or he shed much blood. He shed much blood. Christ, I'm sorry, if you look at David and Solomon, Solomon didn't have any war. All the days of Solomon, there was no war. Solomon was in his rest. He was a man of rest. You can't build a house if you're not a man of rest. We're talking about Christ, the new temple. Christ, the new temple. Now, this is part 10. Christ, the new temple. All right. Now, what I want to do today is take you into 2 Corinthians chapter 5. This morning, I stopped by and I did some extra things this morning. I don't have that extra time today. So let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter number 5. Now, we're bagging up. 2 Corinthians chapter number 5. Because Paul stopped right in the middle. Now remember, Paul talk, talk, been talking about the temple. Let's go to that, Let's go to that first. Uh, I'm talking about Christ, the new temple, right? All right, I'm giving you myself ahead of time. But let's go to 1 Corinthians 3, because you're going to see Paul. He's going to talk about the temple all the way through. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. We're going to use the King James for this. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. 
and verse 1670. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 1670. Now in this chapter, he already told you about the foundation. So I'm not going to read all of it. I know you've done your homework. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, no other foundation that, that is laid than Jesus Christ. He was talking about building up on the foundation. And then, then he turned around and told you what the temple is. See, he's telling you he, what he came to do. The same thing that Jesus came to do. We go, we're going to show you that in Matthew 16, 18. Here in 1 Corinthians chapter number 3, Verse number 16 said, no, you're not, that you are the temple. Now, remember, he's already been talking about building. Now he come and tell you in verse 16, you are the temple of God and that the spirit of God lives in you. If any man defile the temple, we talked about that last week, defile the heart. That's what we talked about last week in Matthew 15 and Mark 7, how you can defile the heart. If any man defiled the temple, defiled the heart. That's what he's talking about last year. Then he showed all the thing that comes out of the heart, out of the temple. All right, let's move on. That's in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. And verse 16, know you not that you are the temple. Now, how did that, how did that come about? Because that's what he's been talking about. Uh, I told you last week, when the Bible says, you are God's husbandry, that's in verse number nine. You are God's husbandry. We, had, we found one Bible that said, uh, I think it was the English Bible. It says, you are God's garden, and then it says, you are God's temple. You are God's garden, husbandry, and then you are God's temple. Well, you see, it says you are God's building, so we know who you are. But we have to understand, Paul had a work. After Christ. Now let's go back and show you Christ, Christ's work. Look at Matthew chapter 16, verse 13. See, we forget what Jesus did and why Jesus had to die, buried, and raised again from the dead. Matthew chapter 16. And verse 13, start right there. When Jesus came into the coast of Philippi, Caesarea, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say how the Son of Man am? And they said, Some said, You are John the Baptist. Some say Elijah. Some say Jeremiah. Some say one of the prophets. He said to them, But whom say ye that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, You the Christ. You the Christ. You are the Son of of the living God. So Christ is the son of the living God. In verse 17, Jesus answered and said to them, Blessed art thou, Simon, by Jonah. Flesh and blood hath not revealed this unto you, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say to you that you are Peter, and up on this rock I will build my church. Now, wait a minute. What does he mean when he said, I will build my church? I want you to give me some definition of the word church. Now, he's not talking about 
I won't do you like that. We're going we gonna to tell you what the Old Testament used. He used the word synagogue. They used the word temple. They used the word sanctuary. But we know what he's talking about is what my subject is, and that the word temple. That's the word temple. Say that with me. That's the word temple. So up on this rock, I'll build my church. He's talking, really talking about his temple. We know what he's talking about now because we know we're the church. But I want to teach what I'm teaching now because I want, I want you to know why God lives in you. Why did God choose out of all the places before the creation of the world to live in us? That's what we want to find out today. We want to find out why are we call the body of Christ. And what part of us is the body of Christ? See, most people think what you see outside is the body. That's why they wash it all with water. That's not the body. See, my job is to make sure you know the word. See, you go to church, that's the only thing I say to you. Why go to a school that's going to give you a degree that you didn't earn? Say, for example, if you went to school to be a doctor and somebody just hand you the degree and you know nothing, you're just going to go off killing folk and got a license to do it. And you have on your license, I am a practicing physician. Well, at least you're supposed to know what you're doing. Ain't that right? You don't want anybody to mess with you. They don't know what they're doing, right? Right. So it's no different than me standing here. I'm feeding you the word, just like a nurse would do. We got our, we got our, our, our nurse, our doctor back there again today. We got several nurses here. You, you nurses in this church, doctors, raise your hand. People here, nurses, that's one right there, two right there, uh, three right there, four right there. These people are professional, prof professional nurses and doctors in the professional business. So if I'm going to be their teacher, I can't teach them about being a doctor. But I can teach them about the Bible. Amen. See, that's my profession. When something's wrong with me, I go to them. Spiritually, they come to me. How many can see what's going on? So you, but you ought to be a professor in what you're doing. Ain't that right? Because you're dealing with people live. Ain't that right? All right. Now watch, now watch what this says. I read to you Matthew 16. Jesus says in verse number 18, I will build my church. Most people fuss on the rock and who the rock and all that, but they never hear what he says. He said, I'll build my church. Now he was talking about as a type of Solomon. You got to understand Jews. In the Old Covenant, all these Jews, they've been building temples, building temples, building temples. So when Jesus came, he says, I will build my temple. I will build my temple. Because first of all, his temple had to be with our hand. And you have to be able to understand that he was talking about himself. 
See, when you find out why and how did you get to be the body of Christ, it's what I'm going to show you. Now, when I get to that, I'll get to that. So don't forget, I will build my church. What did he say? I will build my church. Now let's look at it again. First Corinthians chapter 6. He said, Paul said, you the temple. So how does God build a temple? Paul gave you all of the steps in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. He used the word gold, silver, and brass. Is that right? See, I'm not going to take you there. That take me around the clock. Then. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. You have to understand each one of those things means something. How many know what gold means in, the, in here? If you don't, you need to write it down. Gold means God, deity. That's why they put gold in the temple. Deity. How many know that the second is called silver? Don't you know the order of money in the earth? How many know gold is more precious than silver? How many know brass is, brass is more how many know the three orders of money? Y'all sure ain't doing no stock, ain't doing no trading. If you don't know gold is more, more important than silver, you, you, you need to come up here when you get through. See, you got brass, silver, and gold. That's the three order of money. Oh, Lord Jesus. Otherwise, you don't give folk your gold before you give them your brass. All right. Gold means God, silver means redemption. Just keeping notes. And brass means judgment. So that's why when they built the temple, those three things were there. When they built the temple in Jerusalem, everything on the outside was brass. Your assignment. YouTube, you're going to watch the temple of the Lord. That's what you're going to ask your YouTube, the temple of God. They're going to show you the temple of God, how it was built. Outside, you got brass only. There's no brass in the temple. See, I'm going to show you all the things that's in the temple that you will know what's in you. So when I said there's no brass in you, that means there is therefore now See, if you know what's in you, you know there's no brass in you. You're a temple. There's no judgment in you. No condemnation. Let me move. My God of mine. First Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 and 20 again. What? Know ye not? Now this is what Paul is saying to the church. Know ye not? Don't you know? That you are the temple of the Holy Ghost. So when I ask you what is the Holy Ghost, you don't have to look around nowhere if you are born of the Spirit, right? Because the Holy Ghost lives inside of you. Praise the Lord. Know you not that you are? Help me out, brother, so I don't have to talk later. You know what I want, right? Do it then. Don't wait for me to do it. You do it. Thank you. First Corinthians. 
Is that Rodney? Take care of business, Rodney. Thank you. First Corinthians. First Corinthians chapter three. Be nice, Ralph. Just be nice, Ralph. Somebody said be nice. First Corinthians chapter 3, verse number 19. What know you not that your body, we're going to work. What is your body? It's on the screen. Talk to me. What does it say your body is? Your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. Which part of you is your body? Don't just jump out there and say something. They said they know they were here this morning. It's your soul. So you need to put that right by the word body, that soul. Your soul is the temple of the Holy Ghost. Where do God live? In the temple, right? All, all, all you got to do is just agree with me. If you don't know, just agree with me, you know. Know ye not that your body, your soul is the temple of the Holy Ghost, so where do God live? If you don't have Christ in you, you can't talk. So don't wait for nobody else. Talk for yourself. <laughs> they, don't, they might not have Christ in there. They don't know that. The folk who know is the one supposed to talk. So I don't, I don't look at you that you're supposed to talk. I'm looking at the one who said they saved, but they still won't talk. So I'm thinking, you ain't saved. I just asked you, where's Christ? And you said, know you not that your body... Your soul is the temple of the Holy Ghost? See, he asked the question, do you know that? That's why I keep saying, do you know that? Because if you know Christ in your soul, then you ought to know what Christ is. I'm going to show you later on all the benefits. What know you not? This is what Paul said. What know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost? What is he talking about now? My what? That's why I need everybody to get it. It would help me. You want to help me on my anniversary? This is what I need. Talk when I talk to you. You don't have to try out preach me. Just talk when I talk to you. All right, here we go. What? No, you're not that your body the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you. Where's the Holy Ghost? He's in you. Which you have of God, which God gave you, and you are not your own. Your soul is not your own. Say it with me. My soul is not my own. Say, my soul, my soul is not my own. It belongs to, belong to God. So otherwise, you just can't do what you want to do. It's not your soul no more. See, you got to know why Christ died, why he was buried, why he was raised from the dead. He did that to buy your soul. Ain't that right? You've been bought. He bought all souls. All souls are mine. So you can't do what you want to do with your soul no more. Now you can do what you want to do with your flesh. But not your soul. See, that's the problem people have. Is I can go where I want to go. No, your soul can't go there. Now the key is you can't take your soul out your body and then go do what you want to do with your flesh. <laughs> Oh, boy. Next verse says, you are bought with a price. What did he purchase? Your soul. 
So why did Christ die on the cross? For your soul. Therefore glorify God. How many know in here what it means to glorify God? That's, that's what, live for Christ. That's Romans 12, 1 and 2. Present your body. Come to church. See, there are people tell you, oh, I know I ain't going to church right now. Why? You go, where else you want to go? See, God said present your body. That's not what I asked you to do. Well, it's past anniversary. You're not coming because of past anniversary. You come here because you're supposed to present your body. I just happen to be celebrating my anniversary. See, if you don't get that, you won't be here next Sunday. You got a job. How many here got a job? Go to work every day. Are you going to work tomorrow? I just ask you a question. Are you going to work tomorrow? It's no question, is it? Because if you don't go to work, you'll lose your job. But we don't think about that with Christ. We don't think about that with God. You come here because you need the word to help you when you go to work tomorrow. That's what you got to understand. You are bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Okay, now Paul giving us all of this in Corinth. So when I go to 2 Corinthians, let's go to 2 Corinthians now. Let's go to 2 Corinthians. I already read you 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Well, let's go to 2 Corinthians and chapter 5. Right in the middle of this, he's going to teach who you are for as being a temple. Now you told me your soul is your temple. I'm in agree with that. All right. For we know that if our earthly house, now I need to know what is your earthly house. If you don't know, you need to get it from somebody. Will you tell them again, honey? Your fleshly body. Now you got a Bible, you need to write it right up there. So next time I say something, you can answer. Say, my fleshly body is my earthly house. Say, that's not going nowhere. It stays here. All right, so you got to understand, it's just a house you have, your soul could live in while you're here. The longest, listen, you take care of it because you want to be here a long time. So you see people drinking and getting high, they don't expect to be here long. Because everything you put in your body shortens your days. See, when I learn out things like this here, nobody got to tell me don't drink. When they show me that whiskey pickles your liver, how many know what it means to pickle something? Makes it hard, right? How many know you got to have your liver to purge or cleanse your blood? Well, I don't need to, I don't need to mess with that for no drink of whiskey. It's whiskey that shuts down your organs. You go ask people who've gotten old, they'll tell you don't drink that stuff. See, where I'm from, they drink corn whiskey. Made their own whiskey. 100 proof plus. So you hear them, you see them cowboy drinking stuff, they go, ah, they, they ah, for real. <laughs> that stuff burn your throat out, man. I never forget a man that lived three or four houses, in, I was from the country, he lived three or four houses from me, and his name was Guy Goodson. That was his name, this old man called Guy Goodson. 
and he would just, whiskey was nothing. We, they sold whiskey from where I'm from. They made it down there, corn whiskey. And I mean, he just drank it down there. I'm going, ah. Man, I'm going like, man, I know that bunch of you. I'm waiting for him to scream any minute. And you know how he died? The whiskey ate a hole right through his throat. That's how he died. And why in the world I want something going to kill me? That's how I stopped smoking. That's exactly how I stopped smoking. I kept looking at the package that says, this is hazard to your health. And I looked at the word hazardous, and I found this will kill me. I don't need to put nothing in my body going to kill me. See, we got, it's plain and simple. They, ha, they didn't have it on, when they made cigarettes when they first started. But they made them put it on there. See, it's just like gas. Gas really don't smell. When you get gas out of the ground, it don't smell. They had to put the stuff in it to let you know how dangerous it was. It'll kill you. You don't smell it, but it'll kill you. So they had to put something in it and say, oh, that's gas. Oh, that's gas. Gas don't smell when you first get out of the ground. See, we got to understand that there's a whole lot of things. I got to understand my fleshly body, I needed to stay here because I can't live here without it. My soul needs to be here. I just saw a woman, when I looked at my wife's Facebook the other day, they were celebrating birthday with her, and she was 121. How many saw that? Oh, forget it. You had one person back? Oh, okay. You saw it? 121 years? You saw that, didn't you? Thank you. See, I've seen a whole lot of people over 100 years, 110, 115 years old. God wants you to live a long time, but you're not going to live a long time like that. I got, look, my daddy died when I was 14 years old. Man, I'm, man this, this, I can't forget that. And I'm like, I'm not going out like that. I'm going to live a long time. And you know what? I'm going to do everything I can do. So anything I shouldn't do, Lord, show it to me. I don't need it. No, no. Mm -mm. All right, let's move on. For we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle. So what is the tabernacle? It's the earthly house of this tabernacle. So in that verse, what, you said the earthly house is the flesh of the body. Well, what's the tabernacle? It's the soul. See, you need to mark it in your Bible. You didn't know. Be honest with yourself. Anything you don't know, I'm right, right here. My tabernacle is the soul. Earth the house of my physical body. So I'm going to show you that your soul became the body of Christ. Let me say it again. Your soul has become the body of Christ. So when the Bible says you are the body of Christ, he's talking to your soul. So when God talks about keep the temple clean, what is he talking about keep clean? He's talking about your soul. You learned that last week. That's your heart. You remember, out of the heart proceeds. Let's go, let's, go, let's go quickly. We come right back to 2 Corinthians. It keep coming up. Anything keep coming up, we just expose it. Let's go to Mark chapter 7. See, you got to understand what you allow in your everyday life comes out your heart. Keep the heart, keep the, 
That, you, you just, see, they told him about a clean heart. But having a clean heart today really means being born of the Spirit. Because I can show you in Ezekiel, honey, you can find this for me. Ezekiel talked about a clean heart. Jeremiah talked about a clean heart. Both of those places talk about a clean heart. God said, I, I give you a clean heart. I renew the right spirit within you. That's what he was talking about when he was talking about that born of the spirit. So you got born of the spirit, you got, you got a new heart. You got to listen. I don't think y'all realize you are a new creation. That means you have a, you are a new, I can't say it no plain than that. You are not the, you, before you got born again, you had Adam's soul. Being born again, you have Christ's spirit. Christ's spirit has come to live in your soul and made it new. Christ is in your soul. Your soul is in Christ. He that joined to the Lord is one spirit. So you are not a soul man no more. I'm a soul man. You are you, you not saved. See, I used to listen to all that. You're not a soul man. See, people saying I'm a soul man. You're not saved. You're a soul man. Soul man is not, you're not saved. You are a spirit man. Your born again spirit, I'm, I'm going to demonstrate it in just a few moments, but I'm going to demonstrate it. It's something how God had made you a trinity. Spirit, soul, and body. So, but you got to understand something. If you're not born again, you're not a trinity yet. I don't know why people can't get that. They think everybody's a trinity. No, you don't have a spirit. You have the breath of life. Ezekiel chapter 11, verse 19. We're going to go there in just a moment. Let me do Mark 4. Mark chapter 7. Look at verse number 18, because they're going to tell him the parable. Mark chapter 7, verse 18. He said to them, are you so without understanding also? Do you perceive, do you not perceive that whatever things from the, without entered into the man, it cannot defile him? We talked about bacon last week, remember? The Jews couldn't eat pork. You give Jews to a brother now, that's, that's now he eats some, eat some bacon this morning and some sausages and some eggs and grits. Amen. Nobody said nothing, nobody. And no good and well if I had, oh, let me move on. Because, yeah, they'd be lined up over there. Why, why doesn't it fire you? Because it entered not into the heart. That's the next verse 19. Why does it not defy the man? The Lord says, I'm waiting on the verse, Mark 7, 19. Why it does not defy the man? Because it entered not into the heart. But it is into the belly, into the flesh, man, see? It goes out into the drought, purging all meats. And he said, that which cometh out of the man, that defiles the man. It defiles the man that what comes out. Because from without, what come without, come out of the man, it comes from within, out of the heart. It proceeds evil thoughts. See, he's telling you what come out of the heart. Evil thoughts. Adulterous, fornication, murderous, theft, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, 
lasciviousness, evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness, all these things, all these evil things, he called it, come from within and defile the man. So I tell people all the time, they say, well, man, I don't know why I can't help from committing adultery. I can't help. It's in their heart. You need a new heart. See, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, was nobody worse than I was. I'm not putting myself below everybody, but I'm close. Paul said he was the worst. I'm down there somewhere with Paul. But I found out that you got to get a new heart. You can't keep the old one and patch it up. See, that's what people think. They think that God took your heart, your soul you got now, and worked on it. No, he didn't. He gave you a whole new soul. You're a new creation. Stop right there, get a Lord a big hand. I need y'all to get it. You don't have the same soul no more. Uh, uh, get, let's go, let's go, let's go. To, let me, everybody understand all this stuff come out the heart. All right, let's go to Ezekiel chapter what? Ezekiel chapter 11 and what verse? We're going to go to Ezekiel. I'm going to wait for you to find Ezekiel. Not hard. Before, you go before Daniel, of course. That'll help you out. You got Ezekiel, Jeremiah, Daniel. That'll help you out. And we're going to look at verse 11, you says? Chapter 11, that's what I need to hear that word. Chapter 11. So you go to Ezekiel chapter number 11, and you go down and read verse 19. He's going to tell you what God, what God's plan was. And then we go from here to Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 24 through 28. I'm going back to my message. I got a lot to go. Plus, I got to close out with Psalm 91. I got a lot to do. Don't have time to play with you no more. Ezekiel chapter 11, verse 19, here it is. I will give them one heart, see it? And I will give, put a new spirit within them. So what did God do when he saved you? He gave you a, a new heart, right? A new spirit, right? And then he said, I will take the stony heart out of their flesh. That's what God did. He took the old soul out of your flesh and put in your flesh a new heart. See, that's what it means to be born of the Spirit. It don't mean somebody wash you off with no water. That's stupid. It's stupidity. And you got folk filling up churches. How are you going to get a new heart dunking you in the water? I will give them one heart. I will put a new spirit within you. And I will take the stony heart out of your flesh. And I will give you a heart of flesh. My God going to give you a heart so you can live in this earthly realm. That's all he's talking about. That you may walk in my stature. See, when people can't do it, you it's saying you're not saved. See, it's, it's not like, well, I'm a Christian, but I still can do these things. Listen, you need to ask yourself, why do you do those things? Because those things comes out the heart. I used to smoke. I used to drink. I used to run women, they call it running women. Being with women you shouldn't be with. But that was the old Earl. That was Duke, 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 Duke of Earl, Duke, definitely. He's gone. That guy's gone. Thank God he's gone. 
see, people don't want to talk. You don't want to talk to me. I'm trying to help you. That guy's got to go. Somebody say, he got to go. You got to look at yourself in the mirror and say, I'm tired of that guy. That's the old soul. He got to go. I looked at him one day and said, hey, I'm not pleased with you. You got to go. And I found out this verse right here. That God said, I take that heart out of you. I put you a new heart in, Crump. I said, man, I'm ready when you want to operate. That's why Colossians say it's the operation of God. He took that thing out of me, man. I got that thing for my first daddy. So you don't get it. The first soul you got, you got from your daddy. And my daddy was a rolling stone. No need me lying. I told you about my, my dad one time. He came home. He'd been out all the weekend and spent all his money, came home. He got up on the, on, on, coming up on the porch. See, we had, we had to be off the ground because we had flood and water, so we didn't have to worry about washing it away our little house. So we was off the ground. We can go in our house and play. We were so far up, we'd go up there and make a swimming pool. We'd go in our house and play. So my dad was coming up on the steps. He had been out all night. Mother Crump was over here. She had this shotgun, a double bear. She pulled that double bear back. Don't come up in here, Charles Trump. We look like, what's going on? All this one in the bedroom. So mama got the gun. <laughs> Daddy came up, out, out, came up that top step. Mag did this here. We call him Mag. He come up like this. Boom! We all saw smoke. I looked down at my children, my uh, my niece, Diane, she came to the funeral. Uh, I looked down at everybody's feet because some, somebody got shot. I just, and there was a hole in the floor, smoking. Uh, then I, I had to do that first. I'm going to, God, they didn't, nobody got killed. And then I saw my daddy. My dad's on top step. When that gun went, boom, and that's how a shotgun sound. He fell backwards. From the stop step like this. Oh! I'm God in my witness. I'll never forget that. He fell back down, and when he hit that duck, that, you know, dirt down, dirt down there, it's, it, you, it's like a, it's thick, like six inches, man. We had so much dirt, we could sweep the front yard. You didn't hear what I said. We had so much dirt in our yard, we could sweep the front yard. We had no grass. So when he fell, he went, boom, dust went everywhere. Then we all, we didn't know daddy wasn't dead. Never forget that sight. My dad was a rolling stone. I received his soul. See, there are a lot of things I learned, a lot of things I just probably inherited. So I had to have a new soul. That's what God did. He said, look, I'm not going to let you have Trump's soul no more, your daddy's soul no more. I'm going to take that thing out of you. And that's what people don't understand. That's why Paul wrote you Romans chapter 7. The thing that I said I wasn't going to do, I find myself doing it. Because you got the old soul in you. But God can't help you until you decide, I don't want that no more. You got to come to a place. You got to look at yourself in the mirror and say, look, I'm not like that. That's not me. No. And you go to the Father 
and said, Father, your word says four things. Philippians 4 and verse 6. We gave it to you this morning again. Pray about everything. Number, number one, I'm sorry. Number one, don't worry about nothing. Don't worry about anything. Put it on the screen, Philippians 4, 6, out of NLT. Don't worry about anything. Tell God what you need. And then he says, thank him for everything he has done. I told you to write that down. Don't you ever forget it. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, out of NLT. Philippians 4, 6 and 7. You got to know how to live this life. Here it is. Don't worry about anything, number one. I'm showing you how the peace of God operates in your life if you do what I tell you. When I say the peace of God, I'm talking about the Holy Spirit. I'm talking about how do the kingdom operate. If I had to take a supper, that's why I use how the kingdom of God operates. What is the kingdom? Righteousness, peace, and joy. How do they operate in my life? Here it is. Pray about everything. Oh, you, you don't want to start out with prayer, right? You got to come to a place where you don't worry about nothing. Come on, say it with me. Don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. Tell God what you need. And thank him for what he has done. That's four steps. If you'll just do what he's telling you to do, Pastor, I can't stop drinking. Pastor, I can't, I can't stop. I can't stop smoking. I can't stop living this life. Yeah, you can. You need a new heart. Don't tell me you can't stop. I was addicted to a lot of things. I was. And one of them was women. And I told the Lord, I said, I can't pastor like that. No, I'm not, I don't need to be in the ministry. I don't need to be doing nothing for you. Matter of fact, that's one of the reasons why I never went to church. I felt like I was not worthy of the life I had lived. I was ashamed to do anything for God. But I found out something. Woo! That God will give you a new heart. He'll give you a new spirit. He'll give you a new mind. I'm telling you, he will fix it. He will change your inside so you can live on the outside. But you got to want it. In Philippians 4, 7, he said, and then the peace of God. See, once you get this stuff done, then the peace of God was passing all understanding will not keep and guide your heart, your mind, your soul. Take, if you do what he tell you. Ezekiel chapter number 11. I will put, I will give them one, one heart. Ezekiel chapter 11, verse 19 and 20. I will give them one heart. I will put a new spirit within you. I will take the stony heart out of your flesh, and then I will give you a heart of flesh. It sounds contradiction, but it's not. That you may walk in my statutes. See, they couldn't do it until God put that word in them. And then, I, and then you will be able to keep my ordinances. We don't have to do a new covenant. And you'll be able to do them, and then you shall be my people, and I will be their God. Let's do one more. That's Ezekiel 36, 24. That way you'll know what it is. As a good pastor, I'm just going to show you what it is. Ezekiel 36, 24. So you got to understand, if you don't, if you don't do this, man, you'd be, you couldn't pass no church. You'd be listening out for the women. 
How you going to pass through town and look at every woman coming to town? Couldn't, couldn't do it. If, listen, if you don't have a new heart as a pastor, you can't see the women in the church as your sisters. You can't see the men as your brothers. You cannot see the elder men as your father. That's why I am so, have a good relationship with the people in this ministry. Men, and a lot of them older, older than I am. I got one man in here I call my son. There he is back there. I should have. Come up here. This, come up here. This is my oldest son. Come up here. These are my two boys. Don't y'all know my boys? Come up here, both of y'all. These are my oldest sons. These are my oldest sons. The first one right here cry all the time. He cry more than I do. He started crying this morning. I said, come on now. Don't start this now. Look at it. See, he crying now. You know, no, you, know what, you know what he told me this morning? You know what he told me this morning? God is so good to me. They started crying. I said, man, don't start crying no up in here. You start talking about how good, look at him. Okay, start talking about how good God is, he started crying. You know why he understand this now? Nothing else matters no more. God held this man over here, this is my second oldest. This is my oldest over here, my second oldest. Both of these guys old now. Older. But they like my own brothers. You see? Just like my own brothers. God put us together. God put us together. Listen, I want them to come. I, I don't want to embarrass these guys. They're both urchins here. But they, they like my own brothers. And both are older than I am. But you wouldn't know it. They see me as their own spiritual father. This one over here, he cry all the time. Bless his heart. Just. <laughs> God have this man here live another. How many miles you live from this guy? Forty miles to go by and get him every Sunday to bring him to church. Every Sunday. Forty miles. Bring him to church. And all he do is cry. He said, God is so good to me. Go by and get him every Sunday and take him home. Every Sunday. Thank you. Just give him a big hand. I'm, just, I'm showing you. That's how you do your brother. Look at that. That's them. That's Jeff and Leroy. They're my boys. See, that's how you are when you say, you see people as your brothers and your sisters, man. Psalm, Psalm 36 and verse 24. Ezekiel, I'm looking at it. Ezekiel 36, 24. He said, look, I'll take from you, the, I, will, I will take you from the heathens. This is what God said he'll do for me. See, when I saw this stuff, he said, that's all your problem, you hanging around heathens. You never change. And I was. I get off work, I go to the gridiron bar. Whoever thought of a gridiron bar? The gridiron bar was just like it sounds. A gridiron bar. It was made like a triangle. By the railroad track, where you can park probably 10 cars. What am I doing up in a place like this? It was down from the plant where I worked at. We going by the grid and I thought that was something. I would take from you, and he took me from among the heathen. He did. I gather you out from all countries. I bring you into your own land. Then I'll then sprinkle clean water upon you. And you shall be clean from all your filthiness. Thank you, Lord. 
from all your idols, I will cleanse you. And then he said, once I cleanse you, that's what he did the cross. And then he says, a new heart, that's what he did for me. He said, I give you a new heart, I give you a new spirit, and I'll put within you that new heart, new spirit. And I'll take away that stony heart out your flesh. He, that's what he do, that's what salvation is. He take that thing out of you, man. And I'll give you a heart of flesh. And I'll call and I will put my spirit in you. That's what he did to me. I thank God he allowed me to be awake when it happened so I know what I'm talking about. He put his spirit in me. He said, when I do, I cause you to walk in my stature and you will keep my judgment and do this. That's what God did. Look at Psalm 91. I want to give you this. I want to give this, you know, I can, I can show the word. So I want to give this to you. I want to read out the NLT, I'm sorry, NLT. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I want to read that NLT. Psalm 91. Woo-hoo. This, this, this going to get you. You have moved all day. I know how to get you moving. I'll put that word on you. Psalm 91. Out of NLT. I don't know if you ever read it out of NLT. Woo-hoo, Sister Crump. Girl, you're going to be reading this all the time. Watch this. Those who live in the shelter of the Most High. Now, you know what that is? That's Christ. That's where you live at. That's why I want to tell you, Christ is the temple. Christ is the temple. Where do you live? If they know they're in Christ, if I can get them to know that they're in Christ, where do your soul live? When I ask you that, you went. Where do your soul live? Those who live in the shelter of the Most High. Somebody said, that's me. You'll find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. You don't have to worry about no rest. Then it says, this I declare among the Lord. He alone is my refuge. See, I understand you are in the temple. He is your refuge. He is your place of safety. He is your God. I will trust him. Watch what happened because you are living in the temple. You are, see, we, we always like to say we, we are the temple, but really you live in the temple. You are one with Christ. Christ is the temple, but you, because you are one with him, then what it says about him says about you. He will rescue you from the evil trap. He'll protect you from deadly disease. He will cover you with his feathers. He will shelter you with his wings. His faithful promise are your armor and your protection. Do not be afraid of the terror of the night, nor the arrow that flies in the day. Don't you be afraid. Do not dread the diseases that stalk in darkness, nor the disaster that strikes at midday. Though a thousand fall at your side, ten thousands are dying all around you. We just saw this. This is no game. It was over one point something million people died in 2020 up into 2021. And people are still dying. None of these evil, none of them. Oh God, I don't know what it takes. Let me talk to the camera. 
Watch what it says. These evils will not touch you. Amen. See, I got to find somebody going to respond. I think. He said, look, these evils will not touch you. Just open your eyes. Behold the salvation of the Lord. My God. See how the wicked are punished. If you make the Lord your refuge. Is he your refuge? I mean, do you live in him? I want to say something to the church in here. We, we, have, we ain't being churchy right now. We enjoying this here right now, okay? You don't have to be churchy. You don't have to sit like you in a restaurant. So. If you want to look, if you want to stand up, you want to. We ain't trying to be. We're not trying to be churchy right now. You know. Okay. Hush. If you want the Lord, if you make the Lord your refuge, how many seconds he say he's my refuge? He's my refuge. To be your refuge means he live in you. So if Christ live in you, he's your refuge. Watch what it says. If you make the most high your shelter, we're yeah. talking about where you're living at now. Yeah. You're living in that secret place of the most high. Yeah. He says, no evil will conquer you. No plague will come near your home. I, I'm talking to those, I'm talking to those people I'm talking to those people who are the temple of God. God said, no evil going to come near your house. Now, why this happened? Because Christ lives in you. No plague will come to your home. He will order his angels to protect you wherever you go. I don't know about you, but I go a long way. I go a lot of ways. But God says, don't worry about it, Crump. I got angels who are following you. Matter of fact, goodness and mercy, they follow you everywhere you go. Hallelujah. My angels, my angels will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on the stone. Now you may say, well, Pastor, he was talking about Christ. Well, I am the body. I said, we be the body of Christ. So whatever God said to Christ, we be the body. You will trample on the lion and the cobra. You will crush fierce lions and serpents under your feet. The Lord says, this is what the Lord says, I will rescue those who love me. We were going to get Sister Jackie to sing that. We were going to get him to sing it today. Love you, Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. God says here, I will rescue those who love me. I will protect those who trust in my name. When they call on me, I will answer. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue and honor them with long life. I will reward them with long life. And I'll give them my salvation. I'll show it to them. I'll make sure it happens in your life. 
You have to know what God's salvation is. God's salvation is his healing. It is his deliverance. It is his forgiveness. It is his mercy. It is his grace. It's his redemption. It's everything God has for you. That is called his salvation. I pray that every day over you. Between four o'clock this morning, I was praying for you. I was thanking God for healing you, delivering you, saving you, protecting you. Everything, everything that God has done, you are fully protected in Christ. Come on, clap your hands and thank the Lord. Come on, get on your feet. Thank God for his goodness. Thank God for everything he has done for you. You know what's, you know what's, what about this right here? All of this is what he said he will do. In the Old Testament, it was, I will. In Christ, it's already done. Everything God said he'll do for you in the Old Covenant is being done right now in Christ. It's a finished work. That's why he said, thank him for everything he has done. Come on, thank the Lord right now. Woo! Come on, we're going to take a moment and thank him. Hallelujah. Father, we just thank you right now for your word. Thank you right now for your Holy Spirit. Thank you right now for your precious. Thank you, thank you, thank you for leading us and guiding us and teaching us and helping us and protecting us and blessing us and forgiving us. Thank you, Lord. Listen, you can have this also. We know a lot of you out there already got this, but I'm talking about those who don't know Christ and Christ don't live in you yet. Listen, it's not too late. You may tell me, well, Pastor, I messed my life up. No, you have messed it up. We're not disagreeing with that. But you ever heard the song that Jesus can fix it? Have you ever known the song, Jesus can work it out? Listen, there's nothing that's wrong with you that God can't fix. Listen, he would take out that old heart, that old earl, that old person, and he will put a new person in you. His name is Christ Jesus. And you will be like your father. You will live like him, walk like him, talk like him, act like him, be like him. Listen, it's not long. You need to just receive Christ's finished work right now. I believe Christ died for my sins. And he was buried in my grave. And God raised him from the dead. And I was raised from the dead in Christ. I receive it. I receive the Holy Spirit. I receive your precious blood. I receive all your promises, all your blessings. And the door of faith is open unto you. Thank you for listening to the Dora Faith Ministries podcast. I hope this message was a blessing to you and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. If you're listening on iTunes, be sure to give us a five-star rating. Also, be sure to find us online at www. 
mydoorfaith.org. That's www.mydoorfaith.org.